You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye, baseball. Eight strikeouts for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Felix Rodriguez called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And welcome back, Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Thanks for being here, and... I guess this turns out to be the final regular season podcast of the year. This is the finale. I was ready to go another full month, but not to be. As the Mariners fall to the A's over the weekend, eliminated Saturday night with the loss. Mariners, no postseason this year. Oh, so close, but couldn't find their way into the postseason. So... On this podcast, we're going to talk about that last weekend. We're going to talk about, oh, I have a lot of conversations surrounding the weekend and the year for the Mariners as this season now in the books and attention will be turned to next year. Before we get into it, although I do want to say thanks to you for listening all season long. I I got a lot of really nice notes the last couple of days. Uh, after the season, uh, playoff hopes were dashed, uh, both email and tweets, and I really appreciate it. It's very, ni- very nice of you to say, very kind of you, and uh, I feel like we've all been on this long journey together, the ups and the downs and the whole thing, and it has really been fun the past three years to do this, and uh, this year was was really, really fun. It was, I mean, it's hard to explain put into words the year I mean the end was so sudden with uh, the loss on Saturday and then the turnaround so quickly back at the ballpark on Sunday knowing that uh, you're not playing for postseason at that point but still even hours separated from that it's it's hard really to put into words exactly this season there was so much to it the ups and the downs and the dramatic moments and to be honest, I think that game on Saturday was kind of a mirror image to what the season has been like. But I do want to say thanks to you for being here all season. So this is going to be the last one for a while. I'm going to take some time off. We're sporadic during the off offseason. Uh, we'll post one every now and again. There's really no set schedule during the off season, And really after the first of the year, we start to crank it back up at a little more regular basis and into spring training and then daily once we get into the season that's kind of how the been uh, the schedule has been in the past and I suspect the schedule will be the same sort of thing this year so we'll be back at you whenever there's news and things like that but we'll take some time off here in the next little while so I guess it's goodbye for now but not goodbye for very long and before we know it pitchers and catchers I'll be reporting once again, and those are always the sweetest words to my ears because as much as opening day is my favorite, absolute favorite day of the year, closing day is just my least favorite. To walk out of that empty ballpark every year, there's there's no one in there. 
when I just look around and see it empty and know it's it's dormant. It goes quiet as the chill in the air settles in, the leaves on the ground, and fall gradually graduates to winter, and that ballpark just sits empty and just waits, bides its time until spring and then the summer, and then uh, the ballpark, the noises, the, the games, the people, everything else fills Safeco Field once again, and I'll very much be looking forward to next baseball season. But right now, let's talk about what happened over the weekend because it was really an incredible weekend on many different levels. We knew going in that the odds were against the Yams and really looking for a sweep of the Oakland A's. And it was so far so good to begin the series. The one-two pitch from Diaz. Swing and a miss. Strike three. It's over. The Mariners hang on and they win it. Three to two over the A's to keep their postseason hopes alive. Edwin Diaz ends up striking out the side. The A's get one run and they leave the tying run stranded at third. The go-ahead run stranded at first base. It was a Mighty struggle, but Edwin Diaz was up to the challenge. The Mariners win it 3-2. to two. So the Mariners win game one of the series. Game two went the Mariners' way as well. The 1-1 pitch, swing and a pop-up into shallow right field. Cano going out, backpedaling. Robbie's there. He's got it, and the ball game is over. The Mariners win it 5-1 over the Oakland A's. And with two games left in the regular season, right now the Mariners are one game out of a wild card spot. And so one game out heading into Saturday, and at that point, all the possibilities were right there, depending on what happened around the Mariners. I mean, there's a chance they could have gone into Sunday tied for both wild cards, depending on what Baltimore and Toronto did that day and what the Mariners did that day. So all the possibilities were right there for the Mariners on Saturday. And the M's got off to a good start. They took a 2 nothing lead going into the third, but that's when the struggles really hit Iwakuma. And it just was not his night. Three and two-thirds, nine hits, five earned runs, walked one, fanned five. The A's jumped on him. They expanded the lead. They were on top five to two going into the fifth inning. And that's when Robinson Cano just... Man, he sizzled to end the season. And the 2 nothing pitch to Robbie. Swing and a drive deep into center field. Heimer going back, looking up. Goodbye baseball. Robbie Cano with a two-run drive to center field here in the bottom of the fifth. Reignites the crowd here at Safeco Field. It's a one-run ball game. It's now the A's five and the Mariners four. And the Mariners keep on coming. Yeah, and Robinson Cano, his season deserves more conversation. I and mean, we're going to wrap up what the season was like in general here. But when we're separated a little bit from today, we're going to talk a little bit more about the season that he had. MVP quality type season. I don't think he's going to win the MVP. Definitely worthy to be in that conversation. Just a fabulous season offensively and defensively. He was outstanding for the Mariners. And unbelievable the last 10 days or so especially that home run there got the Mariners close but I mean the A's just kept scoring one more in the sixth one more in the seventh you look up they had a seven to four lead but then in the seventh inning Cano comes up with another base hit to drive in a run 
He's aboard, and then Nelson Cruz is at the plate. And, I mean, it was one of those unbelievable moments. The crowd was jacked all game long, just bringing it. Such a lively, loud bunch, and they were completely set off by this moment. Cruz, the tying run at the plate. Here's the pitch. Swung on and crossed to center field. It is back. It is deep. It is out of here. This game is tied. Nelson Cruz has done it. A two-run blast. Dead center field. It is gone. And this is a brand new ball game. The Mariners continue to fight as they have tied the score here in the seventh inning. Nelson Cruz has done it again. Home run number 43 on the season. Can you believe this? And it was hard to believe at the moment. Mariners score three in the inning, and they tied the score seven to seven. One of those magical moments that you never know what you're going to see coming to the ballpark with everything on the line. Man, and it looked like at that point, I think if you would have pulled everyone in that crowd at that moment, I think everyone would have said, yeah, the Mariners are going to win this ball game." But the A's score in the eighth inning. Right after that, they take the lead. But then the Mariners come through again with two outs. It was Gamble this time with the big hit. The stretch and the 1-1 pitch to Gamble on the way. Swing and a line drive, base hit into right field. Freeman around the third, heading home. Olsen's throw to the plate will be late. Freeman scores, standing up. The Mariners have tied it. Holy smokes. It's the Mariners' eight. The A's eight around the third. Norioki, Ben Gamble with his biggest at-bat in his young major league career. A two-out RBI single into right field to score Mike Freeman. And the fans are on their feet one more time. Just a fantastic moment, and so many little moments before that. Freeman pinch hitting, picks up a base hit. I mean, (laughs) it was unreal. Just so many moments like that. The Mariners, they just kept on coming back, and you really felt like even up till the end with a runner at third base that they were going to get it done, and the bases loaded in the ninth, couldn't push one across in the tenth, they got hammered with some really bad luck. Nelson Cruz, a rocket up the middle, hit Madsen and glanced right to Alonzo at first base who made the play there. So instead of runners on the corners and one out, there's a runner at third base and two outs. Seager would fly out. That would be the ball game. That would be the season as the Mariners fell 9-8 to eight in 10 innings on Saturday. I mean, it was a great ball game. Highly entertaining. Teams going back and forth. The A's playing at a high level. I mean, we saw everything in that ball game. Didn't end the way any of us wanted, but it was a great ball game on Saturday. And then Sunday, we were left uh, just wanting, wanting to see Felix Hernandez pitch that final day with everything on the line, but wasn't to be. As it turned out, too, Toronto and Baltimore both won on Sunday. So even if the Mariners had won Saturday and Sunday, unfortunately it wouldn't have mattered because the hole was too deep. They never were able to get all the way back to overtake Baltimore and Toronto. It took 89 wins to grab a wild card this season. 
Mariners end the season with a record of 86 and 76. Toronto and Baltimore both 89 and 73 to grab the wild cards. Nearly 90 wins it took to get into the postseason this year. Exciting weekend at Safeco Field. The Mariners, I mean, they charged hard. They had the second-best September record in baseball, only behind the Red Sox. Just not enough to get all the way back and get into the postseason. Tough way for the season to end. A sudden way for the season to end. But end it did. And the Mariners will look forward to next season. We will look forward to next season. So let's get some wrap-up on the season. And first, a conversation that I had with Shannon Dreyer and Mike Blowers, Aaron Goldsmith, Rick Riz, as we just kind of talked about that final game on Saturday and also the season in general. Gary Hill back with you, joined by Mike Blowers, Shannon Dreyer, Rick Riz, Aaron Goldsmith. As the Mariners losing last night to the A's, eliminated from postseason contention. Let's start with the game last night, though. It's, it's funny. I feel like I was just here a couple of hours ago. You were. Last night. I guess I was, <laughs> yeah, wasn't I? You were. Yeah. Talking about the game last night. And it's still a lot to process. That was just a wild, emotional, amazing ball game. Just didn't have the right the, the finish we were all hoping for. I, I thought that the interesting thing for me was it's it's in this game and, and having played and, and seen so many, um, it's almost a 50-50 chance that when you need your stars that they actually – are the ones that get it done either because the other team just takes them out of the equation or they're just off on a particular night. But to see Robbie hit the home run, to get him back into the game, to see him get the base hit and then followed up by Nelson with the home run to tie the game, I, I thought was amazing. But then to watch the kids come off the bench oh, I know. And, and do what they were capable of doing was a lot of fun. And, you know, the last thing for me as far as last night's game, the thing that I thought was great, and I'm sure the guys felt it. I know that Scott talked about it after the game. But for them as they head into this winter, to listen to the crowd and the fans and the way they were into it because of the energy they were playing with and the urgency they were playing with, I thought was pretty special. And when you have a good baseball team and you're winning ball games and the playoffs are right out there in front of you, that's what you get here at Safeco. So I thought that was a pretty good message to all of them. Yeah, that's the thing that stands out for me uh, yeah, the Mariners didn't make the playoffs. They came doggone close. But it was a playoff atmosphere, and they got a taste of it. You know, the veteran guys that haven't been there. Robbie Cano has been there. Nelson Cruz has been there. Uh, for the young players to do what they did in last night's ball game, to come together as a team like that and battle back and forth and back and forth all night long, like they did all season long, was really remarkable. Now the fans realize that, as Scott Service talked about on his pregame show, that there's a foundation here now. There is something really solid to build on for next year. You've got that core three with Cano, Cruz, and Seager, and, and you've got young players coming through the organization. We highlighted uh, some of the top players from the organization last night. You had seven clubs in the minor leagues get to the playoffs last year. And so there's, a, there's a, so much to look forward to. You kind of ache right now. You're disappointed you didn't get to the playoffs because you were so close. You had opportunities but uh i'll tell you what it was exciting to watch this club all season long to do what scott service did jerry depoto at the start of the season create that culture for that to happen they said we got a vision this is what we want and it actually happened 
And he reminded these guys after tough losses that, hey, you got to forget about it and just go out there and play. Just go out there and play and have some fun. And they did that, and they took the fans here last night and the fans all season long and those listening on the radio on an amazing journey this year. It was fun. I can't wait for spring training next year. I think when we look back to spring training and we had no idea what they were or what any of this was, and now mm-hmm. we know so much and we've seen so much, and, and you see what what is coming you know, kind of down the pipeline, not just at this level, but organizationally and the changes that have been made. It, it's pretty spectacular what has been accomplished in a year. We talked with Jerry Depoto down in the dugout a couple of minutes ago, and he said, you take the organization, the entire organization. We played over 1,000 games. This is the only game all season for the entire organization that did not mean something. Mm-hmm. Every yeah. other, because every minor league game went to the playoffs. So their final game, even if they lost, it was a meaningful baseball game in regards to that. That is phenomenal. And to take that going forward, to take what these guys have learned in the last month particularly, uh, I, I think you could put a whole year in what we have saw in September with this group. It, it, it's just going to be so exciting to see what this is going forward. This year has provided so many highlights uh, on the field, off the field. Rick and I were talking about, you know, this was the year of Griffey, too, and all that that brought along with it. But to me, one of the great things about this year is that we actually invented a word this season, the swelmet. The swelmet has been one of the great themes that cannot cannot be overlooked this season. Those photos, after big Mariners wins, uh, Seager was just a swelmet culprit. He just looked so awkward in that thing it was glorious james paxton kind of a lost look as well when he wore it i mean it's just some of the adam lind it just like was it even gonna fit it's just um just a glorious glorious year the swelmet and that came about like so From many the fan thi- in oakland yeah like so many yeah. things that we're talking about for the mariners this year with the, we talk about culture and uh this becoming a, a place with uh, just a different feel to it you know the Swelmet's a big part of that and just how naturally it came about. To me, that's one of, the, one of my favorite and cannot be overlooked things for the Mariners this season. Keep fighting yeah. the Swelmet, the superheroes in spring training. Yeah, yeah they made it fun. You know, the, the Swelmet thing. And the, yeah. yeah. The Mariner Olympics. Uh, you know, there were these wonderful little distractions that, uh, oh, by the way, then we're going to go out and play some baseball and have fun, some fun on the field as well. They, Scotty did a great job. He really did. I'm going to think about the middle of the order, too, with this season. You look at what they did, the years they have. And for people that have been here for a long time and have seen some great, like all-time great middle of the orders with Griffey and Edgar and and that crew, to see what these three did this year with Cano, Cruz, and Seager, uh, the production is overwhelming. Gamers, all three of them, I mean, playing day in and day out, uh, hurt the whole thing, banged up and just producing all season long. It's impressive. And how about Scott's service with Rick Riz talking about this season and how it ended up? Well, Skip, today it's hard to believe, but this is game number 162, the end of the regular season. What a run for your ball club last night, the playoff run uh, to try to get there ended. Game number 161, a 9-8 loss in 10 innings against the Oakland A's. But uh, I tell you what, you battled back the entire ball game just like you battled back all season long. I know you weren't prepared for the speech after the game, but... What in the world did you tell your guys after the game last night? It was a tough one, Riz. Uh, it was an epic game. I think, you know, one that I will never forget, and I'm sure our players won't, uh, just the back and forth and how we refused to quit. 
you know, we kept fighting, and it's going to be our mantra here uh, since the Griffey weekend. And uh, our players certainly grasped onto that, and, and we were holding on by you know skin of our teeth there for a long time. But uh, uh, you know, after the game last night, just to let the guys know how how proud of them I was, and you know, we talked about early in the season, way back in spring training, when we all got together. There's a few things I wanted to see if we could accomplish, and one of them was you know understanding the difference between competing and trying hard. And it's a comment and a line that I've used often this year. Last night was the epitome of competing. You know, you're trying to figure out a way to beat the other guy. And, and that was one of the things I was really hoping we could get to and get everybody to understand. That. The other thing was to try to get players, especially at the professional level, to understand the value of playing something for bigger, something bigger than themselves. And, and you know, it is a team game. And, and you really saw our, our group come together as a true team. And uh, that was great, very gratifying. Um, for myself and, and our coaching staff to, to know all the work you put in. And it's not just about the mechanics of getting this guy to hit a slider or throw a changeup or whatever. It's all the other stuff that bring the group together. So uh, when you, see, you go on a run we did, you know, like we did at the end, and you see it you know, kind of culminate in the game last night, it's disheartening you don't win it because uh, life isn't fair. You should have won that game. We should have won that game. Exactly. You know? But yeah. unfortunately, baseball and life, they're not always fair. Last night it was an emo- emotional roller coaster ride for you, for the team, for the fans, almost 30,000 fans, and they made a lot of noise last night. You battled back f- down 5-1. to one, You battled back 7-4. to four. Nelson Cruz hits that home run at the bottom of the seventh inning, ties the game at 7-7. Seven, seven. What was going through your mind at that point? I think everybody on the bench felt we we're going to win the game, you know, at that point. You know, when you got the big hits, it was off Doolittle, a very accomplished closer. I think Nelson had never gotten a hit off Doolittle in his career. Um, and, you know, Robbie hadn't had much success in him. He gets the single. Nelson gets the homer. We're tied. We're thinking we're right back in it. And, and we were. I really felt we were going to win the game. But uh, like a lot of things this year with our season, it has been a roller coaster. It has been back and forth. It's very emotionally draining. I know the fans that were in the stands last night had to go home tired <laughs> because, uh, yeah, from the, the highs yeah. and lows of that game, it just kind of typified our season. You know, and it was great to see the kids come through, especially Ben Gamble and O'Malley and Mike Freeman with huge base hits. Looking back over the last seven months, I think you kind of touched on a few things, Skip, but what really stands out the most in your mind about what you accomplished in 2016? Well, the goal was to come in here and lay a foundation. And, you know, when you're building a house, you got to lay the foundation. You, you get it level, you lay the concrete, and you let it settle. And I think the concrete has settled. It's hard. We have something to build off of now. And I think that comes from what goes on in the front office here to what goes on in this office, the manager's office, to what goes on in our clubhouse. And it's about, you know, how we we prepare to play the game, how we actually play the game, the adjustments we make within the game, and our ability to continue to try to get better and to figure out different ways of getting the end result that we all want. Uh, We are going to get to the playoffs here. And I know it's been a long drought for for the Mariners and, and people in Seattle, but this is a different Mariner team. This is a different group, and I know it's easy to say, ah, it's the same old Mariners. I don't want to hear it anymore no. because it's really not the same old Mariners. And, and uh, uh, we will get it right. Uh, we'll keep plugging along here, and it'll be an interesting off season. and we look forward to getting back out in Peoria. What would you like to tell the fans looking forward to 2017? Because I think it's going to be a real interesting off season for this club because of the foundation that you, Jerry, and everybody else laid here over the last seven, eight months? Well, sometimes you know, getting the foundation laid is, is the hardest part. Um, so I feel good about that. I think, you know, looking forward uh, to next year and, and our fans, I think they've, they've got something. You know, we've got our core group that will be coming back, uh, which everybody loves, you know, in the middle yeah. of our lineup. And, uh, you know, I think we're starting to find out more about our pitching. Uh, the bullpen always is a guessing game. Right. You never know what's going to happen year to year there. But I think, uh, you know, we do play exciting baseball. 
Uh, sometimes it can be gut-wrenching, but it's exciting. It's entertaining. Um, I, I hope our fans appreciate how our players play, whether it's the Leonis' Martins of the world and, and the things we saw from Mike Zanino and, and kind of James Paxton stepping up. There was a lot of highlights this year of guys that we didn't quite know what we had coming into the season. So um, everybody knows that Jerry will be very busy in the offseason. Uh, he was last season, and, and uh, he's always looking at ways to, to tweak the roster to get us better, to get us over the hump, and he's not afraid to take a chance, and I think you have to be that way. You know, looking back, Sitting here every day, visiting with you every day, 162 games. You you did an amazing job. You really did. You took your past experiences as a former player, working in the front office with a few organizations to do what you did, you know, behind this desk and out in that dugout. You did an amazing job. You really did. What was it like for you? What kind of year did Scott's service have this year? <laughs> I learned a lot. I, I will say that. And, and thank God I had the experiences I did. And people said, oh, you never managed before. You don't know what you're doing. You've never done it. But I manage people. Uh, I've been around the game a long time, understand it. And I really, really love players. And I've always felt that way, even in you know, the job, different jobs I've had, is being able to touch the player and affect the player's life and how he plays and how he thinks and, and just kind of the person he can become. So sitting in this seat... Um, you know, what kind of year did I have? I, I had a very uh, rewarding year. Uh, I learned a lot. Uh, I'm going to be better off for it next year, you know, some of the mistakes I made. And I'm always going to make mistakes. You know, we all do in, a, in whatever job you have. But you learn from them, and, and I hope I have. But uh, really, really important to me and, and uh, my coaching staff, um, what they did. And some of the guys had, obviously, more experience than I had. But kind of the different personalities we have within that group really meshed well together yeah. and helped. And that's what I was hoping when I put the group together. Whether it's, it's Manny Acta and Mike Hampton and Mel Stottlemyre and Edgar and Tim Bogar. I mean, they, they all, Casey Candell. I mean, what can you say about that personality, you know? <laughs> so it really made it fun. And that yeah. was the goal was to have fun and enjoy ourselves. And I created, I think we all created, our staff created enough distractions throughout the year to keep yeah. the players focused when the game was on and to not make it a grind. And, and that, I think we accomplished what we set out to do there. I'm telling you, Skip, you did all that and more. It was an enjoyable journey, an exciting journey. It took us right to the finish line. Tremendous job, Skip. I can't wait for spring training in 2017 in Peoria, Arizona. Thanks for a great memory here in 2016, Skip, and good luck this afternoon. I appreciate it, Riz. I really enjoy working with you. You've been doing this a long time. You're a veteran, and you really uh, kind of guided me down the road and, and threw me the layup questions when I needed them. So thanks a lot. I appreciate it. You're welcome, buddy. Good luck today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Shannon Dreyer, a chance to catch up with Robinson Cano. Nearly hit 40 home runs this season. It was incredible offensively, defensively, an MVP caliber season. Robbie, I mean, so many good things in this season, but going back to spring training, what did you have leaving Peoria, and what do you have right now when you look at this team? Well, I mean, the, 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 the chemistry we create in Peoria, I, I think that's, that's, that's how we create to get this far, but... Um, you know, too bad with Tina ended up our way, and uh, I think the guy did a great job. Nobody think that we're going to make it this far and be able to um, fight through the end, not that we give up a game. I mean, it's something that uh, takes a lot of pride for this young guy, especially a guy that came from another team. Guys down from AAA, guy like Dia that came, used to be a starter, now being a reliever. People don't realize that. It's really hard for him. Got a lot of guys that got hurt, came back. I mean, it was an up and down season for us, but um, we fight to the end. And that last game, people are going to look back at that. I know it hurts right now, but it was it was a beautiful game, and it, it spoke a lot about this team. What did you see in that? 
Well, yeah, it was a great game. I mean, you, you, you went down five, five to two, be able to come back and tie the game. They went, they went ahead again, tied the game. I mean, you, you tied the game twice. I mean, you, we do everything we can to win the game last night. But um, that's that's the part of the game. You have to be ready when you win and be ready to when you lose. Did you learn anything about yourself in this run? I, I remember you talking about superheroes at the beginning of the year, and you seem to be the superhero of September. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say not not only myself, but I, I would say us. It's kind of we're a little superhero because remember we, we were back like maybe seven games on, on the wild card, and they'd be able to bounce back and win all those games. And what what it tells me, if we will focus from the beginning to the end, we we, we can make a pretty good team out of this ball club. How do you put your season in perspective? I would say one of the best. I mean, I don't want to say the best because I haven't. My career is not done, but I would say one of the best. Not not because of number wise, but I would say the able that I that I was able to help the team. Not 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 like be out in September, just just at least fight to the end. Lastly, Robbie, one of the neat things to watch is you know you didn't have the injuries that we know of. Are, are they going to tell us anything today that we didn't know? No, no, no. no. Uh, <laughs> th- thanks God, everything is good, and uh, hopefully I finish the game today. Everything good on the control, so I'll be able to go home and enjoy my vacation. You, know, you were able to enjoy your team this year, and the ownership that you took in it, it just seems special. What what kind of did you find in that, and, and kind of, this is your team right now, with a couple of other guys? Well, I mean, what, what I found on this team this year, that um, and what I learned... As it's been training, if we will stay together as a team, as a person, like as a family, all those team fortune that the manager does, it's kind of like keep us together. You get to know everyone. It's not like you go somewhere else and you have to learn yourself. You were able to know where everyone come from, all those kind of things that everyone went through. Because a lot of people myself, Ravi Cano, great years in the big leagues, but they don't know how I get here, what it takes to get here. And especially a lot of guys that, um, you know, been in the big list, not in the big list for like two or three years and now come back. I mean, it's amazing the way that um, you get to know each other and be able to, uh, you know, play not only as a team but as a family too. We all enjoyed watching it. Robbie, thank you and congratulations. Just truly a fantastic season for you. Thank you. And also after the final game of the season, here's what Felix Hernandez had to say. Yes, it was tough. I mean, it hurts a lot. But you know what? We learned from this. We're going to prepare ourselves for next year. I know we got a good thing going on right now. And next year, we're just going to go out there and show what we're capable to do. How hard was it to come out there today after, after last night? I don't even sleep, man. <laughs> it's tough. I'm just, I mean, I was, they asked me if I want to pitch today. And they said, you know what? I'm going to go out there for the fans. And, but I'm not going to be there for long. So. Looks how critical is this offseason for you. Uh, you dealt with injury issues for the first time in your career in a long time. And mechanical issues, how critical is this offseason? Uh, well, actually, I'm just going to I'm gonna prepare myself like hard for the next year and uh, trying to play uh, winning ball. Trying to fix my mechanic a little bit. Trying to play the WBC. I know it's going to be... Bad thing going on, but you know I want to prepare myself for for next year. Have you noticed a difference? I mean, you know, I know you hate it, but you're 30. You've got a lot of. Have you noticed differences about bouncing back or trying to stay in your mechanics, things like that? Not, be, not because of 30s, man. 
it's not because of that. I mean, I, I injured myself. And I've been out for two months probably. And, but, you know, it's, it's got to be consistent a little bit more. It has to be consistent. I has to go out there and do what I capable to do and just win games and throw some good games for the team. Do you change your routine at all in the offseason? Huh? Do you can change your conditioning or anything routine in the A little bit. i got to talk to my strength guy and then we'll see what we can do. Hey, you also mentioned for uh, winter ball. I know you wanted to play the WBC. You're going to try to play winter ball off? I'm going to try to uh, talk to Jerry and we'll see what we can do. Just a couple... No, it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be from 40, 50 in. It's not no chance. Just a couple hours. Yeah, a couple hours. How much does that change things? I mean, the WBC and and where I mean, that speeds you up a little bit. You get a, you get to start earlier for you for your conditioning and, and uh, just work your body pretty early. You mentioned talking to your strength guy. Do you think you need to get stronger? Yeah, yeah, I do. For my legs. Dramatically different, or how, how different do you need? No, to? I don't think it's gonna be a lot of difference. It's just different workout. You're not gonna look like Alta Villa when you come back. <laughs> that's 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 real different. <laughs> no. no. It's just kind of an up and down season for you individually, some injuries as well. But, uh, only one though. Right. No, some only one. Uh, what, what kind of grade would you put on your season individually? Disappointed. I was disappointed for sure. I mean, in my, I'm the guy that always gonna like to throw 200 innings and win the most game that I can and. Once I call that you know what? It happens, but you just gotta forget about this and be ready for next year. So you guys have been within a couple strides of the playoffs before here in your career. How do you get over that hump? You just gotta get over. You gotta forget about this. I mean we we right there. It was a great game yesterday, man. I was gonna go early because uh, you know I was early game today. I was already dressed up and when I saw Homer uh, Homer Cruz and uh, I just back and go back to the dugout. This is as close as you guys have felt. I mean, since you've been here, in terms of having a team that could have gotten to the playoffs, is this? I think it was 14. It was 14 in this year. Mm-hmm. 2014, no, we were right there, and uh, we lose. Uh, they were Auckland win that game, and then. Oh man. But stuff. What, what's different about this team? You know, obviously after 14, there's a big drop off. What do you think lo- this might be different? It's a lot of different. Man. Hmm? We got a tough guys over here. Those guys, we we know each other. We like. Like we're a group of guys that we're family, and they they like each other. Felix, what does it mean to you to have a more Felix-ish season next year? And how how much do you need that? I need a lot. I need a lot. The last few years have been Felix. The Felix is, but I'm prepared for that. I mean, I'm gonna go there and show everybody the war. They don't believe in me. I'm gonna be King Felix now. And I think it's worth revisiting uh, Scott's service after the game on Sunday because a few additions to what he told Rick. So let's take a listen to that one as well as he talks about this Mariners season. Certainly we didn't have a whole lot of uh, uh, wind in our sails, I guess would be the best way to put it. Um, You know, last night and the run that we've been on, uh, it it took a lot out of everybody physically and and emotionally. Um, But... You know, we, we hung in there. I was really would love to see that ball go over the fence for Kyle Seager. Uh, but uh, <laughs> kind of a microcosm of our season, so close, you know. And uh, uh, but a number of guys like we hit on yesterday, you know, had great years. Um, get a chance to talk to a number of players today uh, in the clubhouse here about you know looking forward to the future and and what's ahead of them. Um, you know, I think we ended up with, what, 80, 86 wins, I think it was. Um, we'd certainly like to have uh, 87, 88, and 89, but 
uh, wasn't meant to be, but our guys, again, uh, great effort all year, and you can really see the bond um, in our clubhouse and, and how much they care for each other, which is, it says a lot when you spend that much time together that you can still put up with each other <laughs> at the end or the beginning of October. Um, and it says a lot about the, the personalities and the people we have in here. It is. Um, I'm not in it to finish above 500. You know, I, I'm really not. And uh, I, I think, um, no doubt, you know, the Mariners uh, in their history have not had a lot of seasons over 500. You know, I, I get it. But, uh, you know, we're in it to, to get to the playoffs, to get deep. Um, you know, and get to the World Series. So, you know, everything we do as an organization is going to be geared towards that. Uh, whether it's decisions that are made, you know, on, on personnel, uh, on players, on coaches, on scouts, whatever, it's got to be a championship-type organization, and we'll continue to build on what we started this year. How much better equipped are you for that now after a full year? Well, I, I think you know, experience is, is a huge in, in our game. I know it is for me. Um, I think. You know, for the guy in the front, Jerry, the guys in the front office looking at our team, trying to address the needs and how do we get better. You know, uh, we, we do have a feel for where we're at and, and, and what's ahead of us. We also know we're in a very tough division. And uh, next year we're going to win the West, so we have to worry about this wild card stuff. So we got work to do. Hey, Felix, well, you're going to give him a quick hook anyway, or what was. Uh... Yeah, it was more, you know, seeing how, how he was feeling, where he was at. I think he'd had enough. And, and uh, you know, it hasn't been a great season for Felix. Um, you know, I talked to him a little bit after he came out of the game um, today. But, you know, certainly when we missed him in the six or seven weeks that he was out, uh, it really hurt. And, you know, ability to get deep in games and just the innings, the load that he takes on. And, but to do that and where he's at in his career, um, he's going to you know, have to make a few adjustments in, in the offseason and, and come into spring training uh, with a little bit, you know, better shape, a little bit more urgency because we certainly need him at the top of the rotation. We need him in the rotation preferably at the top um, because, you know, he's got history of doing that. But he's kind of at that point in the career where he's going to have to make a few adjustments to get where get the results he wants. This regime obviously wasn't here two years ago, but at this point two years ago, fans were excited, looking forward to the next season, and there's a big letdown. What would you say to fans right now to sell them on the fact that there's not going to be a letdown, that you guys have the pieces in play? Well, we got to continue to get better, there's no doubt. Uh, I think we understand a little bit where – what areas we need to address. Uh, I can't speak to the last regime. I was not a part of that. I can only speak to this one and, and knowing the general manager very well and, and how I'm wired. We're going to do everything we can to, to keep turning the screw. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of things that, that, you know, went our way this year. There were some things that didn't. But, uh, you know, we understand that, you know, the, the offensive years we had by a number of our players may not be repeated again. Where are we going to get it? Okay, it's going to have to come from other places, um, you know, in our lineup. Uh, in our bullpen rotation, whatever. So uh, I don't think you'll see us sitting pat. I think you'll see us aggressive, trying to get better, and, and maybe in some areas that, that the normal fan isn't even anticipating happen. But we'll be creative. Um, and uh, like I said earlier, it's not about finishing 500. I'm not, I'm not really up for that. Um, it, it is, you know, you'd rather win more than you lose, but it's about getting the playoffs and, and winning a championship. So uh, we got work to do. There's a little thing here with Gamble and Heredia, two guys that very much so. Yeah, I think I really like what I've seen out of Ben Gamble. Um, you know, it really is first crack to get a chance to play a little bit in the big leagues, and we've thrown him in there late in games. He's handled it, gotten some big hits, played well defensively. Um, yeah, I think it's a guy we can we can grow with, uh, and the same with Heredia. 
you know, they got things to work on, like young players, and the consistency offensively will be the key uh, for them. But, you know, like the athleticism, like the aptitude, the two young guys that are, are willing to work, ask good questions, want to learn, and they got a chance. Is there a carryover effect from getting to the last, you know, second and last game of the season in contention that carries over until next year? I, I don't know if you're getting close. I think how we played down the stretch uh, will carry over. And, and I think the, the urgency in how we played, um, the ability for some of our, even some of our veteran players to step up and not just talk it in the clubhouse, but step up on the field, I think carries over. Um, you know, and, and they continue to grow even later on in their career. So those are all positives. Uh, I think, uh, you know, hopefully Eddie Diaz continues the role because I think he was a key to our season and turning it around, uh, just having that guy at the back end that can wipe him out. So there are some positives that certainly carry forward, but you got to start all over. Zero, you know, 0 and 0, and, and like I said, we're in a tough division and, and we'll have a lot of work to do. You mentioned, you mentioned Diaz. Did, did he just get tired in September? Oh, you know, I, I think maybe the finish to some of his pitches uh, a little bit. And we, you know, we talked about it when it first came up. We had to be careful how much we used him, hopefully leaving a little bit in the tank at the end. <coughs> you know, there was a few outings where you had to go get him in the eighth inning because um, that's just where we were at. We had to win that game. And uh, that does put some extra stress on it. But, uh, you know, I, I thought he threw the ball very, very well. Uh, I also think you have to give credit to the people in the league. Once they start seeing him and understanding how he does it, they're going to approach him a little bit differently. And I think you saw a little bit of that as well. Pitching market, starting pitching market. You mentioned Felix and different work needed to be done. All six of your guys, what, what can they do in the offseason and what can you do to help them as an organization? Well, they're all a little bit different. You know, Felix obviously has a great track record. Kuma, I think, threw as many innings this year as he ever has. You know, so he's probably gone a, a little bit farther than we have even anticipated he would and, and staying healthy the whole year. I mean, everyone's different. You know, where Paxson's at, where Walker's at, what he got out of Miranda, you know, they each have their own thing they need to address whether it's tightening up the breaking ball, the consistency of delivery, um, it's Taiwan, just consistency across the board. Um, and it's hard. It's hard to keep it together for 34 or 35 starts. But that's what we need. You know, and, and you know, you got five, six, you're going to need seven or eight. <laughs> every team does. So, you know, we'll continue to address that. But every, every situation, every guy is just a little bit different in that regard. Can you talk about this with Felix about some expectations for Yeah, I think he understands. You know, and we will. Uh, I think, you know, with the suddenty of uh, us losing last night and pitching today, it hasn't been, you know, sit down, whatever. You know, Mel has continued to talk with him. Um, you get out of this game what you put into it. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. And, and uh, you know, that's everybody. Uh, that's just not, not Felix or our, our regular guys. It's you, you got to put a little extra in if you want to get a little extra out or play a little deeper in the season. Thank you. Thank you all. I appreciate it. Thank you for all year. It breaks your heart. It's designed to break your heart. The game begins in the spring when everything else begins again, and it blossoms in the summer, filling the afternoons and evenings, and then as soon as the chill rains come, it stops and leaves you to face the fall alone. You count on it. Rely on it to buffer the passage of time, to keep the memory of sunshine and high skies alive. And then just when the days are all twilight, when you need it most, it stops. Today, October the 2nd, a Sunday of rain and broken branches and leaf-clogged drains and slick streets, it stopped. And summer was gone. Somehow, 
The summers seemed to slip by faster this time. Maybe it wasn't this summer, but all the summers that, in this my 40th summer, slipped by so fast. There comes a time when every summer will have something of autumn about it. Whatever the reason, it seemed to me that I was investing more and more in baseball, making the game do more of the work that keeps time fat and slow and lazy. I was counting on the game's deep patterns, three strikes, three outs, three times three innings, and its deepest impulse to go out and back, to leave and to return home, to set the order of the day and to organize the daylight. I wrote a few things this last summer, this summer that did not last, nothing grand, but some things, and yet that work was just camouflage. The real activity was done with the radio, not the all-seeing, all-falsifying television, and was the playing of the game in the only place it will last, the enclosed green field of the mind. There in that warm, bright place, what the old poet called mutability does not so quickly come. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 